more than 3 million people suffer from heart arrhythmia. It is a condition that happens when the heart doesn't beat in proper sequence. The rhythm is off. It usually requires outside help. And it can be scary, a frightening experience. This morning, I want to talk about spiritual arrhythmia. It is living a life whose pattern, whose rhythm is out of sync with God's. And it can be a frightening experience. It's spiritual arrhythmia. It's a part of our national experience. And especially these days, when we've allowed racism and white nationalism to gain credibility. There are those that are even using Christianity to lift up these abhorrent ideas and concepts. You couldn't get something further from the truth of the gospel, of Jesus' love for all people, a spiritual arrhythmia. There's a spiritual arrhythmia in our congregations as less and less people are coming to worship these days. They're busy. They have other things to do. They don't feel like they're being entertained. There's a variety of reasons. But a life lived outside the pattern of worship is a life lived outside of the sync, the rhythm, the pattern of being in sync with God. Lastly, there's a spiritual dryness. A spiritual arrhythmia occurs even among those who attend worship, who think that perhaps God is far off. Or somehow, God no longer hears our prayers. We feel dry inside. We feel unable to be a part of the joy that we've experienced in the past. Spiritual arrhythmia is a serious condition. And the crowds that followed Jesus, the crowds, they knew what this was all about. They experienced the brokenness of life, a life out of sync with God. They'd been told for years by their teachers, by the Pharisees, that you had to follow the rules in order to be in sync with God. You had to follow all the rules. And a holy life was lived watching out for the boundaries. And if you made a mistake, and the mistake was big enough, then you would find yourself forever apart from God. When Jesus came and preached and talked about God's kingdom, there were those who were hearing for the very first time that they might be included, that they might be a part 
of the love, the grace, the community of God. And so when he got up to the mountain and he began to speak, the crowd was listening. They were seeking for the ways to, to be in sync with God, to have their lives work and beat in rhythm with the grace and the love of God. He began his teaching with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is right now, right here, among this crowd of people whose lives are broken and out of sync. Right here, those who are poor in spirit are connected, are blessed. Now, being poor of spirit means that if you go into your pockets and you, you try to pull out in front of God all your goodness and all the things that would, would make you good and holy, you can't do it. You realize when you're poor in spirit that there's a humility needed that we come to God with emptiness inside and we empty ourselves and we are available for God to fill us. Blessed are those who wait and yearn for God to fill them up. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven right here, right now. But lest we think that the holy life, a life lived in sync, in patterns with God, is just about the inner faith, the inner spirit. The last of the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven also. Blessed are you when you go into this world and you live out your faith and you put yourself in places where there is brokenness in order to build bridges among people, in order to gather people together. For there, there is the kingdom of God as well. There's an outward movement of this gospel. Lives that are blessed are lives that are in sync with both the inner and the outer realities of God's presence in this world and in our life. Now, between these two poles, there's a bunch of promises. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the merciful, they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. These are all future-oriented. And the life that is in sync with God lives in anticipation, in hope of what God is going to do in the future. Because we look around and it may be broken now, and we may be hurting now, and we may be suffering the loss now, but we trust that God, God will bring a future that is filled with life and so that we have hope. Today we celebrate All Saints Day. 
The saints are those whose lives are connected. They beat in rhythm with God's own life. They reflect God's love and grace to us. We know the famous saints, St. Peter, St. James, John, St. Francis. One of the teachings that come out of the Reformation was that the saints aren't just the celebrities of the faith. You and I, we are saints as well. In the waters of our baptism, God claims each of our lives and calls us the holy, the saintly people of God. We are connected into the company of all the saints. It goes way beyond time and space. We are connected. Our lives, our spiritual hearts are beating in rhythm with God from God's grace and love to us. The Reformers also taught that we're stinkers too. That in addition to being saints, we are also at the very same time sinners. Because we do things that depart from God's love and grace. We walk in the other direction. And sometimes we do it willingly and sometimes we do it because life is just so busy and crazy and we're torn in so many ways. And other times we're just simply not aware of our own brokenness. We are saintly sinners. Connected to God by God's love and grace and in need of God's love and grace. We come here to worship, and one of the reasons why worship is so important is because we come here each week and we confess that we are broken, and we hear that God's promise of grace and love, God's forgiveness is our gift. And we receive that gift again and again, and our hearts are put back in Sink in rhythm with God's. And we're given a chance to love, to be the Christ to others. Yesterday, as our youth were practicing for the brass ensemble, I was joking with them. Kids gathered and, and be, be underneath each of them, there were these little puddles of, of water. When you play a brass instrument, the air condenses in the pipe. I think it's the same process that is used when making moonshine, but that's another story. Anyway, the air, the warm air coming out of your body condenses and forms water in the pipes of the instrument, and there's a little valve, affectionately known as a spit valve, and you got to open that and let the water out, otherwise it will affect the quality of the sound. And I was kidding with the kids, and, and one of them in particular, Sarah. I said, Sarah, does your mother know that you're spitting on the floor in the church? With a big smile, she said to me, Pastor Walt, that's holy water. You know, she's right. Sarah is a theologian of sorts. It's holy water. The breath of God comes to us as a gift. 
each one of us. The youth in playing in their ensemble was using that gift of their breath in order to praise God with their music. And when we use the breath that God places inside of us for the purpose of praising God or serving others, then we are very much connected with the holy waters of baptism. We are very much connected with the life of Christ that invites us and invites our heart to beat in sync with God's grace and love. So let us be about using our breath, the gift that God has given us this day, and be God's saints and share Christ's love, beating, keeping in time with the heart of God. Amen.